Welcome back to Cognac and Conspiracies. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jade. Woohoo. We're back for another week. Our Yay. second. Do you know why I started them on season three? I don't think I mentioned that to you. I mean, I feel like it really should be like season 12 or something. I feel <laughs> like like we just. No, we're on season three. I just went ahead. And, oh, very nice. I, yeah, I just went ahead and, and made that distinction. Wait, so what is the first episode of season three? Last week is last the first week. Oh, very mm-hmm. interesting. Was the first episode of season Ooh. three? So I just went ahead and did that because we had been gone for a little while. You know, like TV shows, you do a little hiatus. It's supposed yeah, to be we should. Season, so. We should work on seasoning. I feel like every year is a season, which is like problem, yeah. but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, every year for us is a season. So we're on years year three, season three. Is it really? Or is it year two? <laughs> oh, it's year three. Is. Is it? Because we already... I mean, we haven't gone... Like, well, yeah, up, it's, it'll be... You know what's funny? It's yeah. been three jobs. So, for me, so I... <laughs> Jay's had three jobs in three years. But, no, coming up on our... No, I think it passed. Didn't, wasn't it November? Dude, I don't know. It's three years. Okay, we're rambling. We don't know. But it's about year three, give or take. You know, whatever. But... It's Jay's turn this week. Yeah. So what do you have? So today we're going to talk about the missing person's case of Charlie Bothell. Um, Bothell the Fifth. That's what we're going to talk about. Damn. Yes. It's a lot of Charlie Bothells. <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> so I don't know if you actually heard this case, but it actually went viral a couple of year, a couple of years ago. And I never heard about it either. But then I started to dig into it and it was pretty interesting. So I said, you know, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Okay, so our case actually takes place in 2014 when Charlie was 12 years old. Oh. Yeah, so Charlie's a child. So we're talking about the missing person's case of a child. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he was 12 years old in 2014, and he was living with his father, Charlie Bothell. Um, The fourth. Yeah, so So it's very... I'm going to call... Okay, so I'm going to call the little boy Charlie, and the father is Charles, and I'm going to try to make that distinction because Charlie Bothell is Charles Bothell V... And the father is Charles Bothell the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to say Charlie and Charles. If I slip up, Taylor, try to help me. But it mm-hmm. is very confusing. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, so Charles Bothell the father um, was a registered nurse, um, as well as he had a wife at the time, Monique Dillard Bothell, mm-hmm. um, and she lived at the house as well. And they all basically stayed in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Charles works as a registered nurse, and I think the mother. Well, the stepmother, Monique, she actually was a stay-at-home mom. Um, she had to look after Charlie, her stepson, as well. She had her own children. What happened to his mom? Oh, so basically, I was going to get to it. Basically, his mother actually ha- was having a hard time raising him alone. I don't know what the circumstances were. So I guess maybe she brought it up to the father, whatever. But um, Charles ended up taking on Charlie and okay. bringing him to his home. But the mother, like, voluntarily... Um, like let him go live with his father. Yeah. So he had only been living in Detroit. So Charlie, the son had only been living with his father for about two years in Detroit. Um, they lived in a good neighborhood in Detroit in a condo, like an upper middle class, like condo in Detroit. And it was a, it was a nice area to raise a kid Mm -hmm. and his father, Charles, like, I guess getting his son, he had like really high expectations for him. So he talked about how he had the desire for his son to grow to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, like some type of what we consider a prestigious career. Mm-hmm. And his father thought the only way to get Charlie to get to this type of career was to give him like this rigorous plan, like to put him through basically like almost like a military like plan to get him to achieve his dreams and get on the right path. Because the mother said they basically, one of the reasons she sent charlie live with his father is because he was like kind of getting out of control like he might be going down the wrong path and Mm -hmm. he was like you know like i can't do this by myself 
And she doesn't send him off. But so the dad took it really serious and was like, yeah, I'm going to get Charlie, I don't know, on the right path to be like a stellar human being. Mm-hmm. So with that, Charlie started off and he was enrolled in public school in Detroit. But he only stayed for a few months until his father, I guess, thought he could do better. And he actually unenrolled him and decided to homeschool him. Okay. So his father basically like took books that Charlie had gotten from the school. Like, you know when you like leave school, you have to return the books? So Charlie basically never returned his books. He just took them. And his father and stepmother started teaching him out of those books. So they had no real plan or experience. So they didn't have a curriculum. Homeschool the boy. No curriculum. So basically now he's just at home. Like, I think they took like seventh grade books, like books that were like a higher learning rate and just thought they were going to like teach the boy out of them or something like that. And that was basically the plan. So not only did his father want him to be academically strong, he wanted him to be physically strong as well. So at 12 years old, Charlie was forced to wake up at 5 a.m. and do a rigorous workout regimen. He had to do 100 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, 100 jumping jacks, as well as he was expected to be able to curl 25-pound weights. At 12? Yeah, and he had to do 5,000 revolutions on the elliptical every morning. And apparently this was to be done throughout like four sessions. And this was the expectation. He's going to... I'm like, doesn't that like stunt your growth, or is that a myth? Right. So I don't. I don't know. You're that. not supposed to do too much. Yeah, but it, it's a lot. It's not even like fun play, like putting the kid in basketball or football yeah, or something like that. Do, yeah. Like he just has him like in their basement doing like this crazy like weightlifting. It's like, stuff. damn, could a nigga just play soccer or some shit? Yeah. So <laughs> outside of that, like they also, I guess, like. I don't know, trying to get muscle mass on the boy. So they had him, like, drinking protein shakes and eating, like, protein bars. Like, he wasn't even, like, a regular 12-year-old. Like, they had him on this, like, crazy... Did he play sports? No. This is weird. So he was doing this every morning. He was homeschooled. So the dad went off to work, and then the mother, like, the stepmother, was there to instruct to make sure that he completed these things at 12. That's weird. Because, I mean, even... It's weird, period. But if he was playing like organized sports, I would. It wouldn't be as weird because you know some of those sports parents are crazy. They're like dance mm-hmm. parents. So I've I've heard of people doing that. Yeah. But to do it just because they're like my son's going D one, you know. But to do it just to do it is like. But I don't even know how a twelve year old even gets on an elliptical. Like five thousand revolutions on elliptical for. I feel like they're too small. Like I feel like I don't even know how you, you would can adjust them. But like I can't even curl. I can't curl twenty five pounds. So the idea of him curling twenty five pounds is like crazy to me. I'm gonna say I can, but I'm not twelve. Well, so. very nice. But yeah, I'm about to say I'm not. But I, like I said, also I'm, I'm not twelve. I'm yeah. 27. I think that's a really, I guess, crazy expectation. But yeah. either way, his father has set his expectations for him. Again, Charlie literally being a 12-year-old, um, he didn't love it. He didn't love being there with his father and his stepmother. So in 2013, a year after he had moved to Detroit, he actually did run away. Um, so he ran away. He ran from the parents' house. Well, the father's house, better yet. And he was gone for about three hours until police found him walking around and returned him back home. Mm-hmm. So Charlie was punished for running away. Um, it said that he was beaten as well as, I don't know if it was a direct correlation between him running away or some other thing he had done, but he actually was like forced to sleep on the sofa. So he said that he used to sleep in the parents' den, but after the whole ordeal, he was forced to sleep on the sofa and he never got the right back to sleep in his bed. So about a year after coming there, his bed was now permanently the sofa. And that's like the living conditions he was living in. Okay. So on June 16th, 2014, when Charlie Bothell actually went missing, many people thought that he may have ran away again. 
But this time it was a little different. So the same day, June 16, 2014, his father actually reported him missing. And with that, they started to question his stepmother. And his stepmother basically told police that Charlie had failed to finish his exercise routine. And in fear of getting punished, he ran away from home. And I think at the time, like I said, his dad probably was working when this all happened. So mm-hmm. he probably was working and the mother is at home. And I guess when she realized Charlie was missing, that's when she called Charles Bobble, the father. Mm-hmm. And I guess he came home and then formally reported him missing. But again, I think that when he first came home, his father was just as much in shock um, that he was missing. Like, I think he was genuinely like, I guess, surprised that, you know, yeah, okay. as anybody would be. I'll say, yeah, okay, we'll there's see. someone missing. We'll oh, see. Oh, Lord. So, look, hey, look. We've been doing this for too long. Oh, my. No, nah, I think this might get you. I think this might get you. I think, okay. if, I think if you never heard about it, it might get you. Okay, let's see. This is going to be fun. <laughs> okay, so on June 17th, the day later, um, naturally, a kid is missing. The story gets picked up by, like, local news. And, you know, police are looking. The news is looking. And they're basically like, if anybody knows anything about Charlie in the Detroit area, they share a report to the news. Mm-hmm. So the police are searching for Charlie. They search through the Bothell residence. And nothing is found, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't find him. They don't find anything. And a weird report comes out that a neighbor says that they actually saw Charlie playing basketball in the neighborhood. But they're like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, nobody else calls him, but the only, like, piece of evidence they get is that someone says, I literally saw this little boy, like, playing basketball. Nah, it could have been a different little boy. Yeah, he's a, he's a little black boy. Like, he's a pretty, he's a dark-skinned, like, pretty, not distinct, not that he, you know, for black boys, distinctive looking, but I think that he looks like a lot of other little black boys. Little black yeah, 12 kids be looking the same. Yeah, he looks very, he doesn't look like. They be the looking name? like little Bill. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> Like that. So yeah. Anyway, so police are investigating, and police actually they go on. They investigate Charlie's room, and there actually is blood found on Charlie's clothes. They go to the room, and they find clothes with blood on it. And at first, police did really consider this just a missing persons case, but once they find the blood and no one's reporting anything, there's no real sightings of Charlie. They start to say, "Oh, we might be able to consider this a homicide case or a murder case, and this might not really just be a missing child." But what kind of blood? Like, was it a lot of blood? Or was it... Because kids fall. Not a lot. I don't kids think it was fall. a lot. But I think, I guess, like... What's the word? I feel like as a... I'm not a parent. But I feel like if I, whenever I watch my nephew or my nieces and babysit, if they do cut themselves or blocks on clothes, I think I... Because you want to save the clothes. You mean to throw them in the washer? So I think either way, it is kind of an interesting sign that you would just keep the bloody clothes laying around. I think, like, any parent, you want to salvage the clothes. Mm-hmm. So even your kid, like, scrape their leg, you still throw it in the washer. That's like, I, I don't think you just, he would have clothes, like, I, it didn't say where they found them, because I think if the clothes, like, folded in a drawer, that's a bit suspicious, like, clothes with blood stains, like, in a drawer, and they were laid around, and someone was just, like, in a hoarding phase, mm-hmm. maybe that's a little different, like, they're just neglectful, but. I think if they were, like, in the hamper, I wouldn't think anything of it. Does that make sense? I mean, I think I might have, because oh. I feel like, I don't know, unless he was, like, I mean, 12 is old enough where he can keep stuff to himself. I feel like a 6-year-old to 8-year-old, you would always see the bloody clothes, mm-hmm. but I feel like a 12-year-old, yeah, they can, they know how to, but he also is homeschooled. True. So I feel like you kind of would know if he came home, like, with cuts and stuff on him. That's true. But either way, police found clothes with blood on them, and this made them kind of be like, oh, we shouldn't, like, escalate the investigation, and the FBI eventually gets involved. So on June 21st, 2014, the FBI is now involved and they actually approach Charlie's dad, Charles, um, and they ask him for a polygraph. So Charles does take the polygraph, but it came back inconclusive. Hmm. 
Next, they asked his stepmother, Monique, if she will take a polygraph. So the police and the FBI are, like, offering these polygraphs. And I think the police offered Charles the father one first, and he declined. But then when the FBI offered it, um, he, like, what's the word, cooperated and took it. Mm-hmm. But his stepmother declined both in the police and the FBI. So she refused and never took a polygraph. So She's she, smart. Yeah, so she would, what you say? She's smart. To never take a polygraph? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You so should she, never take a polygraph. Even if I was innocent, bro? I would take I'm dead ass. Y'all are just going to have to think what you think because I'm not taking a polygraph. I'm not. I'm sorry. I need my lawyer. I'm not taking a polygraph. I don't know if I would or wouldn't. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I guess it's like maybe you just think you're nervous. But if my kid was missing, I don't think I would have nerves unless I was involved in some sort of way. You know what I mean? I think like it's natural to have like nervousness because you feel like, oh, you're a suspect. But if I know my kid is just missing and my kid's not murdered, they're not whatever. Why would I have nervousness or anxiety about about my missing child? No, the police, the FBI. No, I'm saying like I think I think in a lot of times like they're like, oh, my kid is murdered. My husband got murdered, whatever. I'd feel differently. But I think if I'm really trying to locate my child, what does what does a polygraph hurt? I feel like what does it help? Because I don't know where they are. Y'all trying to set me up. Because they can stop wasting their time on investigating you. They're not going to do that anyway. I don't think. I, I might, look, people be getting hemmed up for shit they didn't do all the fucking time. And that's fine. That's and, nice. and so I'm like, if I know, if, if I know I had nothing to do with it, me taking that polygraph is not going to make a difference because I already know I didn't have anything to do with it. So. But they don't know that. Like, you could end up wasting a whole year of your life. Now you're on the stand. Now you're in trial. And you know you have nothing to do with it. And your son is still missing. And all, all the while, your child's still gone. I feel like if someone asks you to take a polygraph, they're trying to hem you up. And that would make, no, me, that would make me nervous. That would make I me nervous. I don't think they would. I think they're trying to let you go. All right, girl. If I was. If I was innocent i think that it'd be the the final piece of paper they need to say we got it we can stop investigating jade famous last words anyway child <laughs> famous <laughs> so last I guess words I'd be in jail before now. you end up on death row for some shit you didn't fucking do anyway i'm just saying <laughs> whatever so your child's missing whatever i'm gonna leave that where i, I didn't do it. i'm gonna leave where i found it i'm gonna leave it. i'm not even gonna even acknowledge this anymore anyways though so she did not so she taylor doesn't really care but this, she declined the polygraph from both the police and the FBI. Mm-hmm. So after this, basically the case. So it's been, it's been, you know, a couple days now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been about like what five, ten days, and Charlie's still missing, right? And besides the basketball thing, no one has came forward. But all the meanwhile, so do you know who Nancy Grace is? <laughs> Yo, why is she always yes? Yeah, I'm gonna get into it. Yeah, okay. I'm Nancy Grace. So I don't even know what to call her. I feel like people who are American listeners know, but Nancy Grace is like, I don't want to like a say it like she's a, she a, a commentator a journalist is the or word commentator yeah a journalist slash commentator i don't know but bro. she doesn't do very good at her journaling sometimes like she just be saying shit yeah. yeah so basically so the story of the missing boy i guess came along nancy grace's desk and she kind of takes an interest in it mm-hmm. so naturally with them getting no no leads or anything like this the offer comes upon them to go on the nancy grace show to talk about Charlie Bothell, um, they're missing son, right? So Charles Bothell, the father, um, he comes into the interview, right? So he comes into the interview by Nancy Grace. And I'm not should play this video for Taylor first, or I should just talk about it first. Maybe I'll just talk about it first. Okay, let's hear it. But basically, I'll the, watch it after. Okay, so the interview is going fine and dandy, and everything's great. And But during the interview, Nancy Grace actually gets a live report, watched on the interview, that 
they have actually found Charlie Bottle in the basement of Charles oh. Bottle's house. And he, so she surprised this man on live television with information. And I'm about to show you. I'm about to show you. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Okay, so Jay just showed me this clip. You can go through it if you want to. But she just showed it to me. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so basically Taylor saw the clip, but basically just to sum, summarize it up really quick, so Nancy Gracie tells him that they have found his son live in his basement of his home, and a lot of people say that the reaction, and even to me, the reaction is a bit weird, because as you play it, basically he does this whole like shock face, shock reaction, if you can kind of notice, he kind of presses on the handles of the seat as if he's trying to get up, but then he puts himself back down, right? So he acts as if he's trying to get up from the situation and go leave the interview, but he never does. And I think that if someone had found my, even if someone had my, found my cat, my <laughs> first reaction would not be, oh, I'm going to sit here and defend myself on Nancy Grace and be like, I had my cat Salem the whole time. I had Salem the whole time. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you found Salem. Yeah. I wouldn't like immediately start defending that I had done something with Salem. So I feel like instead of like wanting to see his son, it's more worth his time to sit there and defend himself and the same thing happens when basically after the show airs, is done, whatever, he leaves the studio, enters the parking lot, and there are natural reporters asking him, like, oh, my God, do you know there's someone's base, whatever. And he stands there and does the same thing. He acts shocked, like some tears fall, and he's like, I would never do this. I want the best for my son. Like, I had I had no idea my son was down there. I'm just stuck to y'all. Like, and eventually, I guess, like, his lawyer or someone is like, hey, bro, like, you got to snap out of it. And he's like, I want to see my son. So he takes questions for about five minutes, and then out of nowhere, he hugs a random reporter and he's like, I got to go see my son. And then leaves it. But for someone whose missing child was, in, was just found, it doesn't seem like he made any phone calls. And he also, the Nancy Grace, they're like, oh, do you have your phone? He's like, oh, my phone is dead. But then he kind of backtracks and they, like, give him the phone. And it seems as if he's, like, messing with the phone. So it seems like the phone is on. So it seems like there's a lot of, like, hullabaloo going on. Like, it's, it's a lot of junk. Like, it seems like it's all kind of bullshit. He's putting on a facade because... Like Jay said, she saw me the video, and the video was just basically like, bottom line, if my child was missing, and you told me live on air, like, I found your child, I feel like I would hop about that scene, but I gotta go. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. You go, because if, yeah. and the interview's over, right? I was interviewing about my, my son that was missing. My son's found, the interview's over, right? That's what's left to interview about. Nothing. Like I said, and I said, like, we didn't play the whole clip for Taylor, and you can watch it later. Basically, he starts, like I said, the weirdest thing to me was he starts kind of pressing, like mm-hmm. he's getting up, but he always sat back down. Like, he was getting up and sitting, and getting up and sitting, and it was like he didn't know what he should really do. I mean, I really thought my son was missing. He might have been deceased. The chance of him being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I would go call my son. I would see if he's in the hospital. He don't even know if his son's... Like I said, she didn't say, oh, your son's been found well. Your son's been found in good condition. You're, he didn't, she didn't say where the... Well, she said he was in the basement. But she didn't say anything about him. Is Who's he with, right? I'd be like, who's he with? Is he... Like, she he, she didn't care. He was just like, I, I didn't do that. Yes. It's, and I was about to say that because I was like, the craziest part is because it reminded me of the OJ case where they were like, when they found him, he flew out of town and they went and they were like, hey, your wife, like there was a double homicide at your house and your or at your ex-wife's house and they, she was involved. They were like one of the dead because we all know OJ did that shit. They were like one of the dead giveaways was he was just kind of like, oh, wow, really? You know, like mm-hmm. if you if you're a normal person, you're going to be like. What happened? How did this happen? Yeah, Where was he? Like, Where were they? Where, and he didn't ask any of those questions. And that's the because problem. you know. And that's the problem. That's <laughs> yeah. the way a lot of people say. Like people get caught because they start talking about stuff in the past sentence. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be like, Marcus was so much fun. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, Marcus is missing. Why are you saying was? Yeah. Because if you really care, like if they're interviewing my cousin or something, and I'm like, 
well, my cousin Miles was a great cousin. Yeah. They're like, why are you saying yeah. was when yeah. he's not gone? Same thing. Like, he literally isn't asking questions. Nope. He doesn't ask about the welfare. Who went and got his son? Who Who's with? I'm like, well, who now is with my 12-year-old? Mm-hmm. He just cares to defend himself and i think that that is not a natural reaction and the thing is nobody even put nothing on him all she did was say she didn't even accuse him of anything yeah. all she did was say we found him alive in your basement my first thought if i had nothing to do with it i would have been like did that boy run away and come back and be in the basement yeah. you know what i mean like but if yeah. you know you did something wrong you're gonna be like i didn't do that and i think for me the interview is done right so if i'm on the news to promote awareness about my son's missing person case and now my son is found there's no more need i but thank you so much because they found my son and i would get up and i'd go home same for the interviews outside mm-hmm. i don't think i would even feel the desire because there's no rush my son is found if y'all want to talk about it next week next month we could talk about it but there's nothing really to talk about because you found my son like i feel like a lot of people when they find the person is nothing really talking about anymore because he was found alive and well. So yeah, especially in the very moment because I feel like I would be you know so happy like if reporters were like, oh, can you stop it? But like, no, I can't stop it. I have to go see my exactly. son. Exactly. Yeah, so, but he stood yeah. out there and took questions and all types of hullabaloo and whatever. Anyway, let's so, see how they found him. I'm sure exactly. you're gonna get into. Yeah, it. we are. So basically, um, after Charlie was found, a lot of information started to come out. So basically, police, like I said, police and the FBI have been through the home, been through the home. I think a a major detail people leave out is the home is a condo. So they Mm -hmm. do live in a condo. So there is a whole building to search. So I feel like it might take some time if you're really doing investigation to go through everyone's condo. Go through. So I'm saying they live in a condo. so So the condo basement. Yes. So okay. they say his basement, but the boy was actually found in the condo building basement. Um, which I think is a detail that's kind of left Yeah, down. that's different. Okay, got you. Yeah, so eventually the FBI is searching again. I think they say it's like the fifth time the FBI came back to search, which naturally does make sense because if you really are going through the maintenance cabinets, everybody's stuff, the office, whatever, it would, like this, like your condo complex, if somebody mm-hmm. was missing, it would take a while to go through the whole condo. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the fifth time around they go and they're back in the basement and they basically find a door outside and this door connects to a hallway. And I think they said the FBI noticed that like stuff had moved or there was a lot of new stuff somewhere. Um, so they opened a door and they opened the door and they found a barricade made from boxes, barrels, a bunch of junk. Um, and they started to move the junk mm-hmm. and they found Charlie and they found him sitting there with Gatorade, protein shakes and a makeshift bed. And basically, so Charlie, if you can think about like a long, dark, like basement hallway, Charlie's in one room and then on the other side, there's a bathroom. So basically he did have access to a bathroom and I guess somebody was giving him protein shakes, Gatorade, whatever to sustain him. But, um, I have pictures. I mean, it makes sense. Even if he didn't have a bath, I mean, he's a boy. He can, uh. He can yeah, go outside. Oh wait, it looks, hold on. Open up. I mean, anybody can go outside if they need um, to. But this is, sorry, it's so small. I don't know why it's so small. But this is essentially the hallway they found him in. Okay. And then this is the actual room. So he was behind all of this stuff is where they found him. Yeah, I've seen I've seen little storage closets. Exactly. And the like hallway, that. like I said, the hallway looks like your basic storage closet. But like I said, it seemed like, like there's trash cans and all types of stuff down here. Mm-hmm. And I guess the FBI had noticed that some stuff had moved around. Like, again, maybe because... 
they're giving him food or because they know the FBI is around, they started to shuffle and they noticed that change in the basement and decided to investigate it. He probably was trying to get comfortable too, you know? Yeah. Like if somebody throws out a chair, he might be like, oh, I can use this, you know, type shit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so essentially, that is where they found Charlie. Mm-hmm. So they took them to the barricade and when police found him, they act, he actually was like elated to see them. Wow. So I don't know. So he was, why well, I, I know. So he was really excited to see them and they said the only question he asked them was, was his father home? So he was actually initially scared to leave the barricade. Hmm. Um, so I think he was happy because, again, he had tried to run away from home before. I think he might have been happy because I think at this point he knows, like, it might, you know, finally be over. Mm-hmm. So police, they take him to the hospital. Um, he's found. He is okay. But they do find large scars and bruises on Charlie. And this is, I feel like, where the episode starts to get a bit dark. Um, I feel like we never do trigger warnings. So, yeah, so trigger warning for what is it? Child abuse for child abuse, okay. yeah. So, for child abuse, um, physical abuse, stuff like that. So, yeah, so it, it is about to get a bit um, triggering, yeah. So, it, it's gonna take a second, but yeah, so after this point, it might get a bit dark. okay. But yeah, but this, this is where I guess like the debate starts to start about did Charlie put himself down there? So, basically, did Charlie. Because it's not debated that that morning, Charlie, he basically fails to finish his workouts, right? At this point, the question is, did Charlie run away and place himself behind the barricade because he was scared of his parents? Because remember, the last time Charlie ran away, um, he got beaten severely as well as he got moved to sleep on a couch. Um, so did he himself, to avoid punishment, run down to the basement and put himself there? Or did somebody else put him there? Should I guess? You guys, let, me give one, let me give you one piece of information before you guess. Okay. So it also is to be noted that the door leading to the basement um, where Charlie was located was unlocked. So it seemed as if police say it seemed as if Charlie could come and go as he pleases. So remember when the neighbor was like they have seen him playing basketball? It is. It could have been him, could not have been him, but it is highly likely that he actually could have been coming and going as he pleased. Okay. So you can guess. You can guess now. I'm going to guess that... His father put him down there. His father, his stepmother put him down there only because this seems like a natural progression of things, right? So like, it seems like an escalation because it's like, okay, you have a bed in the den. You do something that I don't like. Now you have to go on the couch. You do something I don't like again. Now you got to go in the closet, you know? Like, so mm-hmm. it just seems kind of like an escalation of, of abuse. That's why I would guess that they did it. Cause I don't think, why would he, I mean, if he was getting beat bad, I guess he could do it, but it kind of seems like their MO that to like take his, place to to sleep mm-hmm. and take his his shelter away seems like something that they do and that's bingo. my guess and bingo so okay. you're you're completely correct okay so basically like <laughs> police said so this was like a whole debate you mm-hmm. know people try to proclaim their innocence mm-hmm. and even the police said that when they did get the boy from the barricade they said there basically was no way that at 12 years old that he had set this barricade and this whole situation up himself as well as it was clear that somebody was regularly bringing him these protein bars gatorade and that basically fits his dad's mo that they didn't give him no cheetos no peanut butter jelly sandwiches no none they gave the boy no, protein shakes Gatorade, right <laughs> so like what the hell so that's what they were providing to him and clearly that's like fits his whole father description so what really happened though it, it eventually like comes out in court is that that morning charlie did fail his workout and his stepmother placed him there and basically told him not to leave this area mm-hmm. and it still is up for debate whether or not his father so his father i mean i didn't see any court records of his father denying or admitting to the fact that he knew the stepmother had placed him there, but it's a fact the stepmother had placed him in the basement. 
And I guess it's like, was his... Because my whole thing is like, why did they report him missing? I mean, obviously, it's the right thing. Well, rewind it. The right thing to do when someone is missing is to report them missing. But they, they knew he was in the basement the whole time. Why would they report him missing and bring it back to themselves? Because he wasn't in school at the time. So the school's not going to call. Um, his mother clearly is somewhere else. So, I mean, maybe the mother would call and ask to speak to him and he was in the basement, but they could have got him out the basement. So to me, it's like, why would they call the police? So that's the only thing that makes me think that the father initially did not know that Charlie was in the basement, as well as the stepmother refused the polygraph twice. So maybe at one point, the stepmom was like, yeah, I need to tell you, Charles, that I put Charlie in the basement. And then they had to do all this fabrication and hollabaloo. But I feel like for at least two days, I feel like his father really may have not known he was in the basement. I feel like the mom was like, oh, shit, I overstepped. And she didn't tell him because he kind of paraded like he didn't know. I feel like he knew by the Nancy Grace interview that he was in the basement. But I think they were already too deep in because, I mean, he also was just like crap for it. And, and more more crap about uh, Charles will come out. But I do think that his father initially did not know that he was in the basement. And that's just my opinion. But I do think that initially didn't know. But I feel like a day later, or when the FBI came around, I think she confessed to him that she had put the son in the basement. Yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like eventually he didn't know. To me, that's like neither here nor there. Because it I, is. I feel like it is. I feel like the fact that she even felt comfortable enough to put him in the basement shows how badly they were abusing mm-hmm. him. Because normal people, if I had a child and I married someone and I came home and they said I put your child in the basement behind some trash and some stuff I'll kill you you know what I'm saying like what are you talking about what you did what but I feel like the fact that she was so comfortable to do it that she felt yeah yeah. she felt like this is the type of stuff that we do Mm -hmm. like so yeah he might not have known at first but when he found out I'm sure he sure didn't care I think he definitely I think by the time he Mm -hmm. went exactly I think by the time they went on Nancy Grace he knew um but that's yeah. why he was looking crazy. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, yo. I can't even like. Use your I, words. I literally can't even imagine. He's like, what? What? I'm like, you still sitting there. What's up? He knew he was He knew he knew was in trouble. Yeah. That's why he was still sitting there. But yeah. But yeah. But that's how, unfortunately, like, that's how they found him. And in 2000, April of 2015, they were arrested and charged with torture and second degree child abuse. Damn. Um, during the trial, like some really gruesome details about Charlie's home life came out. Mm. So he testified that he was on a regular basis beaten with a PVC pipe, as well as his father and stepmother both took part in the beating. Um, he also testified that he never got to leave the house unless he was running errands with his stepmother. So his stepmother actually had an autistic child and that child got to go to school. And he said like the only time like he would get to go out was to go to the grocery store, take the other kid to school. And basically he was always like by his stepmother's side and because of this he had little to no friends he knew nobody except when he could sneak out and he actually said like after his first time running away and being brought back um he contemplated committing suicide in order mm-hmm. to get he actually started like cutting his wrist and stuff like that so at 12 years He's old to get out of his parents house mm-hmm. yeah and it's kind of wild though because like Charlie, the son, makes all these, like, statements. And at one point, like, their lawyer, so Charles, the father, and Monique, their lawyer says that, like, the little boy is lying. And he was found with all types of bruises and cuts. He said that they would beat him with the pipe and then tell him to, like, turn over to get all of him. Mm -hmm. Like, they would make sure, like, every inch of him was, like, beat. Mm -hmm. And then they would have the nerve to go to court and say that he was lying. But, But it's right there, though exactly so like what does a 12 year old and like what does for what what does he have to gain and even even if like 
there wasn't child abuse. It's abuse enough. But like you said, he testified he has no friends. He never leaves their house. The boy sleeps on a cot, and he has an autistic sibling living in the house. Who it seems as if they take care. It seems that they take care of that child just fine. Normally, yeah. but whatever the expectations they have for Charlie, like I said, I feel like the father Charles thought that this was like how to make him into a better person. Like that's his whole thing was that he was trying to make the little boy into a better person. But in the end, he ended just like brutally abusing him. Mm. Mm. yeah no eh, no yeah because i was gonna say i was like but that's not even normal i was gonna say there is a thing about i feel men with their sons but this is not even that it's not it that's not it you know that's next level they don't you know they want you know i want you to be a man i want you to be strong but yeah. that's that's not that you know locking somebody in a closet is not, yeah that's not that so i was like nah i can't even I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. Other than you just want to abuse children. Exactly. But I don't understand why. It seems like uh, the other child was not abused. Like, right. as far as I found, there's no other evidence that they were abusing the other child. It seems like this was like a specific. To was, the, was the other child between the stepmom and the in the mother or was the I don't know child? I think it's her kid I think it's just her kid I don't think it's his kid I don't think it's Charles's kid I think the stepchild the the aut- I don't I hate to keep saying autistic child but I don't have any more information about them so it's the only way to like distinguish mm-hmm. but I think that that child was her child like I don't think that was Charles's child well, maybe he was just a monster, and she just went along. But she with was it. abusing Charlie. But she yeah, was abusing Charlie. I know, but I'm saying she mm. might have gone along with it because she's a weak bitch. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But she was like, "Oh, I'm not going to abuse my own child." Maybe, maybe. people are people, people are, are warped like yeah, that. They are yeah, warped. They're warped. They're warped. And, he, and I don't know if the other child was a girl or a boy, and they felt this is what a boy needed. But mm. um, they also have been caught exchanging text messages where they talked about how they wanted to sh- basically saying that. Um, nothing more could be done for Charlie. They planned on sending him to boarding school. Um, and they, I think he basically said at one point, like, let's get this money. Like, basically talking about, like, how they had to get the money to send him away and, like, be done with him. They and all, do that. And all types of, yeah, at least he would get, like, decent care. But basically, yeah. like, they threatened all the time. But it was, like, they threatened to send him, like, boarding school out the country. I can't remember what country it was. But they weren't, like, oh, we'll send you boarding school, like, in the United States. Like, they basically threatened him. They were going to send him somewhere else. Like, it was it was really wild. But I would prefer they send him to boarding I mean, you still would be shit. I mean, you still would be. But he wouldn't be shit. abused. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, be sleeping in the closet someplace. Yeah. At least he would have a room, yeah. in a little bed, you know, a roommate or something like that. Food instead of protein shakes and Gatorade. The hell? Yeah. But after all of this, so on January 19, 2016, Charles Bothell, he actually pled guilty to fourth degree um, child abuse in exchange for basically he didn't get the second degree child abuse charges. I think those. Um, that had more time on it. So he ended up pleading guilty to fourth degree child abuse. Um, he also did admit that he had been beating him with a PVC pipe and he was sentenced to 18 months of probation, anger management class, as well as he lost custody of Charlie and was ordered to cease contact with him. Um, as well as his wife, she accepted a plea deal. Um, so again, the wife had other children. So I think that I like basically like, and she had other legal issues at the time, but in order to keep custody of her child she ended up i think making some crazy maybe she like snitched on somebody else so basically she made some type of crazy plea deal um or i think she did some probation time as well but i don't think she actually went to jail i think she kept custody of her child like basically the wife got off weird because it's noted that the records of the wife's case actually like have been they've been sealed they've been yeah they've been wiped clean off the i guess wayne county is where it happened the wayne county um circuit court like their online database like it doesn't exist and when they like 
like reporters have asked for commentary about why it doesn't exist like why it's been scrubbed off like no one's commented so i think like maybe the wife did have other like shady dealings that she snitched on somebody but basically it seems as if like she's faced a lot less charges when she like in my opinion actively abused charlie like child abuse child abuse Mm -hmm. and she definitely was abusing charlie but it seems that she got to keep her kids like and kind of just kind of like shuffled out of this that is crazy. Yeah, and you so, can't find the records. You so, don't know, like, I have, I really have no idea what happened to Monique. I have no idea. So nobody went to jail? No, nobody went to jail. Nope. That is Isn't that wild? Crazy. And I think the thing is that because, and, but this, I've seen this case, so this case, so online, of course, the cases are really different, but people have compared this case to the case of Gabriel Fernandez, and the difference is that Charlie is still alive, because if you, like, ever watched the Netflix thing, mm-hmm. like, basically, multiple things happened where he was going to school, and people have caught, caught Gabriel Fernandez with scars, bruises, he was clearly being abused, and basically, the court system, um, child protective services, everybody turned a blind eye to this, mm-hmm. and until he basically, like, unfortunately, like, till he died, like, till he was, you know, basically beaten to death, till he died. And basically, like, everybody turned a blind eye until that. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Charlie is because they found him alive. Um, mm-hmm. They basically got, like, really lenient sentences. Because to me... And I was that's even, the problem. Yeah, because me, I was even, like, question mark. Like, when he ran away, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if it's, like, disruptive to the parents and shit, if, if he ran away, right, and he was, like, had to get got by police, shouldn't that have been, like, a home visit, a conversation, a something? Like, he ran away from home. He ran and walk outside. his body. Right. Yeah. Bruises, all types. Like, shouldn't that have been a conversation before you just returned him home? But it was Hmm. I mean, it should have been, but as we said, did you watch the Gabriel? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. I have kind of like an iron stomach at this point, but it's very um. No, I couldn't. I couldn't even finish it. It's it's really. It's this is like a trigger warning, but that is like really not for the faint of heart. Like you, you, it will take you days, weeks to watch that. Like if I don't think anybody can just sit through it. You're gonna be thinking about it because I remember I tried to watch with my girlfriend and she was like, "Turn this off. You're gonna have to." No, it's really. Yeah, she was like, "You're gonna have to watch this at a time when I'm not home. I cannot watch." No, it's yeah yeah so it's bad but i feel like that's the main problem because it's like like same with him like it's like it kept things kept happening kept happening kept happening a little slap on the wrist like how they did them like nobody went to jail for this shit you know what i'm saying but if he had turned up dead they would it would have been a whole thing Mm -hmm. but even you know he didn't turn up dead but you release these people back out into into society you let this woman have her kids back if that child turns up dead, then it's going to be a whole yeah. thing, right? But you already knew she abused children. Exactly. And you let her keep And that's the, the whole thing. It, and that's on. the whole thing. 18 months probation. When he basically, like, that's like, we don't know, like, maybe by the time they found him, the bruises were, like, healed somewhat. And that's why. But, like, so he was found with bruises, cuts. Like, he, the child had clearly been, like, severely abused. Mm-hmm. And instead of just, instead of being like, okay, like, you have to jail, they're like, oh, well, we'll just take your kid. It was just that kid. Yeah. And we'll just take that kid no, away they from abused you. children. Yeah. Period. I'm like, they abuse you, you shouldn't let them have no children. I feel like, I honestly feel like there should be a child abuse list the same way there is like a There should. List. Absolutely. There should be and absolutely should. And yeah. it really should be like publicly posted. Like mm-hmm. I said, to do 18 months of probate. I feel like he didn't just sat up in his house and like. And then went on about his life and yeah. nobody has to know about it. He can move away. Nobody has to know. Yeah. And it's like, but you have this whole child abuse charge. You need, you need to be on a list. You don't need to be around children. And the wildest thing is, like I said, I saw this um, on the internet. I think it was like on my TikTok or Facebook or something and I saw it. But if you would have read his name off to me on a resume, like two months ago i would not have known this happening like he could have moved away left 
changed his first name, whatever. And I really genuinely would not know who he was. Oh. And that's a problem. He's I mean, I guess fun. the background check would have found it. But Dur- I would have never known better better yet, right? Like, I would have known. So. He needs to be flagged. People like that need to be flagged. I, absolutely. Man. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm but, mad as hell. Because I, I could have sworn you was going to be like, yeah, they're in jail. No. 18 months probation. Not a problem. Like, I think to this, he sat in his house and watched Netflix for 18 months. And to this day, he's just walking around. But basically, like, after the whole thing, um... After probation, him and so him and Monique, his wife at the time, they broke up. So now they're both doing their own thing. He did lose his job and things like that. And there obviously <laughs> there were public ramifications for that. And lo and behold, he actually went on to file a lawsuit against Nancy Grace. So he basically says that after the show aired, he lost his job as a registered nurse because he was a nurse. And he even said at one point, like, I'm a nurse. Like, I, how could I abuse my son or whatever, whatever? Clearly you did. So wasn't doing anything. He also said that basically it's a defamation lawsuit saying that she went on and said false things about him, that he had beat his son with a PVC pipe. That's true. And again, everyone says that's weird because he went to court and pled guilty specifically to that and did testify that he had beat his son with a PVC pipe. That's true. So it just, I mean, I feel like there's no grounds for it but he like I don't, I don't think the case has even been closed but he is suing nancy grace for defamation so in a nutshell he has no rewards and that's where he is today yeah he has no so rewards. like that charlie is now living with his mom um again like i think a lot of it because he was a child time is like you can't find i mean his mom has done no interviews i think by now he'd probably be about 20 i want to say in 2000 or he's gonna turn 20 this year i want to say math yeah yeah, eight years. So yeah, he. So I think he might be nineteen right now. He might turn twenty-two this year. But yeah, basically him, his mother, all of them have basically fallen off the earth. Um, I mean, for me, that's almost like a positive because I feel like he's probably living a normal life. He's probably back in school. Um, I hope with friends and stuff like that. But yeah, big yikes. I feel like, I mean, not that I'm like I'm not shocked that people abuse children because I know people abuse children. But I'm just so shocked. That first off, I'm shocked that he would have the, the gall to go on Nancy Grace, knowing what he had yeah. did. And then second off, I'm shocked that they did nobody went to prison. This is crazy. All right, well, it is what it is. I knew what it was. I knew what it was when you start. Look, I'll be on it. You thought he was dead though? No, I didn't. No, I didn't know what to say. I said, "We'll see about that." Oh, That's okay. Because you know what popped into my head? John Bonet popped into my head. When you uh, said they found him in the basement, because you didn't say alive at first. When they said they found him in the basement. I was like, oh, it's giving John Benetis, okay? Like, what they found a baby body in the yeah, basement? Yeah, it's hard because I but was he was alive. I so. was just talking about people using like it sounds so morbid, but a lot of times when we do the podcast, people are dead. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I tried to dance around like the was and past pronouns. I feel like I'm naturally bad at that. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my own writing, I use the bad. Was it? Those are not even pronouns. Those are verbs. Uh, Subject verb now? agreement. Yeah, whatever. Something like that. That situation. Look, they, I'm grown. But anyways, I feel like I do a bad job in my day today life. I feel like I was intentionally trying not to say was mm-hmm. incorrectly because I was like he was and he's still alive is like yeah. you know it's kind of like a telltale they're no longer with us. Yeah. But yeah, I like this one and like mm-hmm. I like it because nobody was dead. Yeah, that's I thought was a little lighter. But yeah, if you um, I mean obviously it's still is triggering with the child abuse situation and luckily the positive is that he did get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you know his mother has put him through some therapy therapy and he's been able to heal from it. Like I said. To me, it is a good sign that his mother has not tried to exploit the case. His mother don't have no crazy GoFundMe. His mother's not, like, trying to do interviews every month about this. It seems like his father's still on his shenanigans, but it seems like he's gotten out of the situation. And he probably is living the normal life of 
mm-hmm. a 19 year old 20 year old whatever yeah because a lot of people i mean not to make a lot of it because a lot of people have been through abuse situations and they you know go to therapy and you know do their best and go on about their life so i feel like hopefully that's what he's doing the only difference between them and him is his was so public you know it's just like yeah it's just but like, yikes but I, hopefully when you because like i said if he he was to come like if i was to meet him at college i wouldn't recognize that name that's what i'm saying yeah. I, think, I think he really probably goes by he probably either goes by he might even go by a different first name at this point mm-hmm. um but it's like i said i don't i haven't found him on the internet um I hope, like, honestly, I hope and pray that he's somewhere recovering. Maybe he's in college. Maybe he's, you know, just doing his best. I feel like the trauma will stick with him for a while, but I hope he's just somewhere recovering. Um, And it's just good to see that he got out of that situation, to be honest. That's wild. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Unless you have more, I don't have no more. No, nope, that's his all. His daddy and his stepmom is a piece of shit. Um, because look, when you first started, I was ready to be mad at his mom. I'm like, she gave her baby up. What's wrong? What's wrong with her? And then I was like, oh lord, they're the the real villain versus like the the right. story villain versus the actual right. villain. Right, actual villain. I think I, I think his mother. I feel like like is it? It's just so weird. She like, just didn't have money. Right, that's, that's what I think it is. Like I said, he didn't have the resource. I feel like she probably like it's the telltale story. I feel like his mother was working a lot. Um. He probably started to get, you know, like a little bit of a mouth on him. Or like I said, like somebody's like kids make friends and they want to be outside the house, but you're not home. So you can't really monitor them how you want to monitor them. Mm-hmm. And it probably got really difficult for her. And it's like I said, it's like her fa- his father had some crazy expectation where he thought he basically had to beat the brakes off him to make him like a rocket scientist or something like that. And I feel like he probably said it a lot different to the mother and was like, yeah, have Charlie come to Detroit. Um, and, you know, I'll get him in school. I'll do this and I'll do that. But then it was a whole different shit show. He didn't tell her he was going to beat him with a piece. Take him out of school. Pipe. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, tell me. Look, here's the thing. I'm going to post on the Instagram this stuff and repost it. I feel like I always forget to do it. And I'm going to do better in the new year. New year, new me. It's still January. All right. So um, this is it. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Reach out to us. We're cognacconspiracies at gmail.com. We're cognacconspiracies on Instagram. And, you know, y'all know that. Y'all send us messages and things. So, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And reach out to us. Let, let, you, let us know what you think. Bye. Bye.